Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I don't know. I know there's a lot of arguments about all of it. By the way, if you're watching on TV, how cool are these new ESPN Montana hats? Maybe if you're a a loyal listener or uh, you win something cool, maybe we'll hook you up. I don't know. We only got a few of them right now, though. It's It's a prototype. But there's a lot of uh, one of the best parts about music is it's very much like sports when you talk about the the argument of legacy and, you know, prestige and you know, ranking things and all that sort of stuff. And I know that uh, the blueprint, you know, volumes one, two, and three are so revered. Jay-Z's sort of uh, first string of, uh, in, in what was an epic string of, of rap records. But for my money, man, it's the Black Album. And uh, that's what we bring you back to into hour number two here uh, on your Tuesday. What's up, everybody? Coulter Nuana is coming to you through the ESPN Montana studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting Company, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years and proud to say so. You missed anything in the first hour of the show a high school sports extravaganza. We took you all the way around high school sports here in the state of Montana. Give you an update on uh, conference and statewide leaders. Uh, the upcoming state AA uh, boys and girls golf tournament happening in Helena. And uh, also around the wide world of football in the state of Montana. I also heard from Coulter Petrie. He's a senior at Helena High. They knocked off Missoula Sentinel this last weekend. One of the stories of Double A football uh, here in the state, and uh, we also give you our Treasure State Stars for the week—a robust Treasure State Stars with eight uh, highlighted individual athletes. You can find all of it on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by the M Store, the Advocates, and the Montana State Bookstore. Uh, I I have a question that has nothing to do with anything we planned for today. Andrew, Andrew, our uh, producer in the back, is sitting shotgun with me. Uh, you worked 
uh, you've worked with us at Skyline Sports for a handful of years now, but uh, did a little uh, sabbatical, as it were, uh, in Pocatello, Idaho. And uh, you're working in newspapers, and uh, as with all newspaper gigs, and I will say this, uh, there's certain things, and I worked in newspapers for, I think, seven years, and there were certain things that uh, I still miss to this day. There's other things I will never miss. <laughs> Midnight deadlines uh, ain't it, and uh, I can't imagine doing that into your, like, 40s and 50s, because when you're, like, 25, it's still almost impossible. But one thing that I have loved... Uh, the renewal of, especially since uh, I took the show over solo uh, over the last year and a half or so, has been just getting revitalized and reinvigorated by high school sports. I just love covering high school stuff. And I know you cover a lot of high school stuff there in Pokey. Uh, you've been chipping in with some of our uh, prep coverage here at ESPN uh, Montana as well. What are some of your favorite high school storylines right now? Oh, just across the state? Yeah. Well, I was as engrossed as anybody else by Sentinel Streak, of course. For sure. Uh, I've gotten a chance to talk with some of the people down in Hamilton, and I think that's a great storyline as the Bronx going for their back-to-back undefeated seasons. I think there are some great storylines happening right now, Coulter, in soccer, which is something that I've been following closely, and you'll want to tune into the podcast this week because I'll do a little more in-depth high school soccer rundown. Yeah. But in the boys' double-A East, and I know Bozeman's on top right now, and everybody's expecting Bozeman to be on top at the end of the season. Yeah. Top four teams are separated, I believe, by four or five points. Because uh, is it Senior and West are both very good as well? Senior and West are up there, and I believe uh, Gallatin is up there as well. Totally. So tell me this. The defining uh, cross-classification and both gender storylines in high school soccer right now is dynasties. Hellgate's working on a four-peat, but they've had a a very consistent challenger in Bozeman, and Bozeman's won, I think, three state titles over the last 10 or 11 years as well. So they, they've been right there in the mix. In Class A, it was Whitefish for four years straight. They didn't lose a match. And uh, even though they have lost one now uh, this season, they're, they're still going to be in the mix. Laurel's girls have been so dominant in A, but they've had a, a rival peer that's actually their direct rival, too, in Billing Central. And uh, it's been a little bit more shared at the, in the AA girls' ranks, but you seem to have perennial powers like Helena. Um, I think Bozeman Gallatin's on the—I mean, Bozeman Gallatin's a bona fide real contender in both boys' and girls' soccer. That's not surprising to me just because of, the, of how popular soccer is in Bozeman and also just like there's a certain level where uh, resources and affluence are tagged to opportunity because uh, of the ability to play club and, and all that. But why do you think it is? I mean, it, it, is it just a product of the programs or why do you think the dynasties are so common in soccer? I think it is a product of the programs a little bit, but that's also tied into some of the demographic stuff that you're talking about and especially... I don't want to say the lack of competition, but if you were able to build your program here in soccer, it's not like there are new contenders coming up to knock you off of the perch every year like we see in football. It's difficult to build a program. It's difficult to get your numbers up for a soccer team. And if you have it rolling and you have kids coming out and you have a steady base of kids that you can build your team from every year, that just gives you so much of a leg up to keep it going. But we're seeing, I think, that change a little bit this year as soccer continues to grow around the state. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio. 
SWX Montana Television and the ESPN Montana app. Andrew Houghton, our producer in the back, joining me, Coulter Nuanas here, uh, live on your radio dial here on your Tuesday. Last thought there, and by the way, go subscribe to Soccer and Snow and Smoke. Andrew's doing a phenomenal job of uh, collecting great interviews and providing great analysis about soccer uh, across the globe, quite honestly. A, a high priority on prep soccer in Montana and University of Montana women's soccer, but also uh, conversations about um, the English Premier League and, and other levels of, of high-level international soccer, too. So go subscribe. Soccer in Snow and Smoke, and uh, appreciate Blackbird Communications and uh, Canby Taphouse for their proud uh, sponsorship of Soccer in Snow and Smoke. Um, the... I also find this interesting, and I, and I don't know if this is actually true or not. I'm just making an assumption here. But one thing that exists in Missoula that doesn't exist in other towns in Montana is open enrollment. And there's also, though, you know, there's been plenty of kids that have come down from the High Line to play at the Great Falls schools over the years. Let's not make any mistake about it. Transferring or playing at a different high school it's nothing new in high school athletics. It just seems like it's it's more uh, magnified in Missoula. And, you know, there was the stuff that went on at Sentinel a couple years ago when Jackson Lee transferred from Phillipsburg to Sentinel, and there was some controversy behind it, and Sentinel got fined and uh, whatever. But it seems like there's some belly aching that goes on when, you know, Jace Kluswich goes from Frenchtown to Sentinel to play football uh, or, you know, when a basketball player does it. We don't really hear much about it in soccer. But you have to think, though, that part of... I guess I'm not saying that they're making an alliance, but I think that the the feeder programs and the club programs and their continuity with what Hellgate does is what's made Hellgate soccer so good, right? I mean, they have a direct relationship with and a, and sort of a, uh, a year-round association with some of the club teams in Missoula. Yeah, the clubs are such a big part of it because the clubs are where you're playing most of your soccer. I mean, that's where you're getting most of your instruction as opposed to, you know, the three-month high school season and you can do some high school practices over the summer and, and do some off-season work. But if you're a serious soccer player, you're playing for your high school for a couple months and then you're playing for your club the rest of the year and it just becomes so much easier to, you know, teach a certain style of play, teach a certain you know, style of tactics to players when you have them. So I think if you want to be successful in high school, you almost have to pay attention to what the clubs in your city are doing. And I'm not saying you have to copy that style of play, but you have to be aware of that style of play that they're playing for nine months out of the year when you come and get them for three months. And in soccer, playing with a group a, a cohesive group that plays a certain style for many years in a row. That's how you become elite, right? Yeah, it, it's really important to be taking that last step, to have that chemistry together, to know who's moving where. It's a lot like, you know, almost like basketball in this sense, where you have a sense of where the other players are. You have a sense of where they're going to go, where they're going to move when you get on the ball in a certain part of the field. So, yeah, it, it, it really is important. Go subscribe. Soccer to, in Stow and Smoke. Uh, Andrew Houghton, uh, our mastermind behind that podcast and uh, the host of and uh, primary producer of, although uh, to Jeff's delight, we're going to have a lot of podcast editing coming up for him. Happy to have you back, Savard. He's looking so excited back there you know, to, to uh, go through all the ins and outs. 
but I'm happy to have Jeff back in the fold here as well. It's fun seeing two guys on the other side of the glass, man. I'm glad you guys are back there. Uh, all right, let's talk some Big Sky Conference football. I just actually addressed this on the Big Sky Breakdown podcast segment that I just recorded with Brooks Nuanas, which you'll be able to find on Thursday. Uh, check out our Big Sky Breakdown every Thursday with analysis from Andrew as well as Ty Gregorak, longtime Big Sky Conference coach and now color commentator for the Montana State football broadcasts, and uh, as well as uh, Brooks Nuanas. That'll drop each Thursday, so go check that out on SkylineSportsMT.com. And this actually is something that stems from something you've said for a long time, Andrew, and that is that I often wonder why Sac State isn't getting more hype. And then I remember and realize we're the ones that hype them. <laughs> there's, there's no one talking about Sacramento State in the Sacramento media area. So if somebody's going to be carrying the flag or blazing the trail, bulldozing uh, the trees for Sac State, it's going to be us at Skyline Sports or ESPN Montana. That said, Sac State is off to their best start in their Division I history. They're 3-0. and They have a excellent, or at least uh, was presumed to be an excellent win at Northern Iowa in Cedar Rapids to avenge one of their only losses from a year ago. And they also went to Fort Collins and just ran roughshod over the Colorado State Rams. I don't know what the hell's going on with Colorado State, but that's their third loss to a Big Sky Conference team since 2018. And uh, since Missoula's own Jim McElwain left Fort Collins, it hasn't been any good at CSU. And uh, the, the thing is, they had such a proud history. I mean, Sonny Lubick was... You know, college Hall of Famer during his time at, at uh, Colorado State. Maybe that's the tie that binds. Colorado State just needs a Montanan leading the way, whether it's Butte's finest and Sonny Lubick or Missoula's own Jim McElwain. When CSU's had Montanans, they've been good. Uh, otherwise, especially lately, no good at all. But 41-10, to 10, I mean, that's not an upset. That's a, that's a straight blowout. And uh, still, though, I think the people, I mean, Sacks in the top 10 in the poll this week. We had them in our top tier in the Big Sky Conference power rankings, but we're still not ranking them ahead of Montana. We're still not ranking them ahead of Weber State. We're still not, you know, there's sort of like a, a debate if they're on par with the Cats or not. Is it solely because of their lack of success in the playoffs, or what does Sac State need to do to really, I mean, when you think about linear matchups and things like that, I mean, Sac State came to Washington Grizzly Stadium and put it on the Grizz last year. I know it was only a one-touchdown win, but they surgically dissected the Grizz defense, one of the only teams that have done that. What does Sac State need to do to get some respect? Well, I think the issue partially is we have two years of evidence here. I don't know if I would call two, two games over two years evidence, uh, but we have that trend of them not doing anything in the playoffs, as you mentioned. That becomes tough to overlook. I think just in terms of them this year, I don't think they have that comprehensive blowout win. I mean, they let Utah Tech score 33. They throttled Colorado State. And I don't know what's happening with Colorado State either. The Hornets were favored in that game. But to go out and win it 41-10, my guy down in Sacramento, Cameron Salerno, who watched that game, texts me, Colorado State might be the worst football team I've ever seen. So... You, you can, How does that happen? I have no idea. Maybe it started with those uniforms they were wearing. Did uh, you see those? See, okay, so th- here's a theory. This is an extrapolation of something that the great Mike Kramer uh, told me once upon a time. And that actually reminds me, I need to text the big human. We need to get the big human back uh, here on the radio airwaves, at least on a semi-consistent basis, because God dang, he's funny. But 
Kramer, once upon a time, he spouted this theory of that football in the West was never, ever going to catch football in other parts of the country for the simple premise that life is too good in the West. That it doesn't matter what happens, you know, win, lose, or draw, when you're playing in Fort Collins, there's still a hundred sweet parties to go to and all the best breweries in the whole country to go hang out at. And you can go out in town, and there's some people that care about Colorado State football for sure. But there's also a whole bunch of other people you could go hang out with that have no idea that Colorado State football is a thing or it exists or anything like that. It's the same premise as Arizona State, right? Win 56 nothing, lose 63-3. to You're still going to the sweetest party with all the prettiest girls in the whole country. So uh, life's good no matter what. Whereas uh, in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, win, lose, or draw, you're getting a party. But if you go to the party when you lose when you're playing at Alabama, that's the only thing everybody wants to talk about. Everybody knows who you are. You're representing for a lot bigger of a, of a, a population. You're representing for something bigger than yourself. So maybe life's just too good in Fort Collins. Maybe so. Either way, that was really bad for the Rams. I think Sac State, they're not going to, here's the thing, they're not going to get a chance to have that win that will sort of vault them up into that top tier either because they're playing Cal Poly in Northern Colorado next. I just think people are still waiting on them to prove something, waiting on them to, I mean, when we watch Montana go and beat Portland State 53-16 and dominate offense, defense, special teams, we look at that and we say, man, that is a comprehensive win. There's not a weakness with that team. With Sac State, if you've been watching these first couple games, at least until the Colorado State game, I can point to a really serious weakness weakness with that team, which I think is their pass defense. They give up a lot of yards. Yeah, that's an interesting part, point, too. I need to watch more of the Sac State games back because this day and age in college football, what you're prioritizing on defense is such a huge part of uh, of the deal, right? If you're playing a bend but don't break and you're, you're prioritizing taking risks and going after picks and also, though, keeping everything in front of you, you might give up a ton of passing yards. Sometimes I just think yards can be garbage stats, right? I mean, I remember some Portland State teams in the early – 2010s when Bruce Barnum was still the OC there and Nigel Burton was the head coach. They'd be top five in the country in total offense and, and go four and seven, right? Right now, the Grizz, for example, are lighting up the scoreboard. They're averaging like 400 yards of total offense per game, though. They're like 150 yards short of what we, you would consider an unbelievable offense in terms of yards. But part of that is just because of the field position game. Like, they're getting the ball with 30 less yards to gain most of the time compared to a lot of other teams. So you wonder if maybe that's part of Sac State. But uh, all I'm saying is that I think one of uh, Sac State's biggest advantages is that the Big Sky Conference coaching ranks is such a fraternity. And in a lot of ways, there's so much crossover that the familiarity is almost overwhelming. There's also like a level of intimidation or hierarchy or, or something where there's a dynamic that exists where I think sometimes even though the coaching in this league is really good, there maybe even is an over-elevated estimation of what the other coach is going to bring to the table, and there's even too much chess being played. Troy Taylor is not part of that fraternity. He's not part of any of this. He has a full, non-skewed, fresh 
thought on the Big Sky Conference. He's also, it's very clear, not scared of the pre, the, the the premier and uh, teams of the biggest fan bases in this league, evidenced by coming into Bozeman and whipping Montana State's butt on homecoming in 2019 and coming to Missoula and whipping Montana's butt last year uh, in an October game as well. So, I don't know, I think Sac State... At some point, if they just keep rolling people, it's going to be pretty hard to ignore the Hornets. Well, that's right. And the other thing is that they've got a guy who might be one of the best offensive players in in the country. And this is a guy I'm surprised that nobody is talking about nationally. Sac State's running back, Cameron Scadaboo. He's so nice. He is so good. I mean, you wonder why Elijah Dotson's not there anymore? For sure. It's this guy, man, 330 yards on 38 carries this year. He's averaging 110 yards a game on, like, 13 carries a game. I mean, he's sitting here at, like, he's probably at, like, an 8 or 9-yard per carry clip for his career. Definitely. He's averaging 8.7 yards a carry this year. I think that's brought his career average down. It's it's crazy. I, I, I seriously think because he's not, like, this bell cow who's getting 25 carries, people sometimes think, oh, He's just stacking it with a big run here or there. But, no, when you watch him, he's just gash play after gash. It's not even that it's so pre- prevalent, though. It's just that when he, when he does get the ball, it's like a first down waiting to happen unless he rips off a 35-yard touchdown. He's so explosive. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. I mean, he's he's a real-deal weapon. He, he is a very, very good player. Every time. And I don't get that because oftentimes you look at these teams, well, why aren't they getting the recognition that they like? It's because they don't have a player on the roster who people can grab onto and they don't have a star. They're doing it by committee. Sure. Whatever. They don't have the guy who stands out. Sac State's got a guy who stands out more than anybody. Well, and they have two of them because Pierre Williams is also like that. I mean, Pierre Williams is a four-year starter and a three-time all-conference guy. He's been first-team all-league two years in a row. I mean... I guess I don't know. I, I, you know, I don't know another part of this. Another part of this. I, we're going off on Sac State now instead of talking about Idaho State. But yeah, that's I don't know. I, sometimes I get on a tangent. But Noah's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN Montana app. You want to know the other factor that is holding Sac State back? It's that their biggest wins have come in Montana against the Montana schools and Montana's fan. The two Montana fan bases, particularly the Grizz. They analyze everything t- through the lens of the Grizz. Did the Grizz win or did the Grizz lose? The, the, the Grizz only lose to themselves almost always, according to Montana's fans. Or something else was a factor. Cam Humphrey got knocked out of the game. Gabe Solcer tore his ACL. Whatever. It's, it's never uh, the other team just straight out played us. The only time I've heard Bobby Houck say since he's been back, congratulations to Sacramento State. They outcoached us and they outplayed us today. Was last year. That's the only time he's ever said that. At least in my recollection, I could be wrong. Don't quote me fully on that, but I, I definitively remember him saying that. So I think that's a part of it too. Because who creates many of the narratives in the Big Sky? I mean, let's be honest. The vast majority of fans of this conference live in one little 400 mile radius between Bozeman, Montana, and Moscow, Idaho. There and 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 Jeannie, Washington. They're all right here, and. So many of those people are Grizz fans and Bobcat fans, as we're talking to all of you out there. But sometimes it's just credit where credit is due, right? I mean, sometimes it's not what we did to melt down to lose that homecoming game. Sometimes it's just Sac State coming in there and whipping you. So maybe that's a part of the narrative as well. Uh, Nuwana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Uh, I want to ask you my Idaho State stuff, but I know we're up against it. So let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk some Idaho State. We'll also talk some Major League Baseball. And we'll keep on having some fun. 
Keep it right here. You want us now? ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. We were listening to Jay-Z last break, so I had to change clothes. God, I'm funny. Uh, <laughs> thanks to the, uh, and we try to not show any preferential treatment around here, and there's certainly uh, no favorites. We try to analyze everything objectively, whether it's high school, college, or pro sports. People always ask us, what do we root for? And uh, we root for the best storylines and the success and continued health of uh, all the students and all the athletes out there that we cover. Every once in a while, though, an old friend brings you a gift. And uh, Big Sky Golf Coach John Heaney is uh, is an old friend of mine. He was uh, he was on the copy desk. He was on, he was the 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 page designer and and one of the editors at the Missoulian when I worked there uh, when I was just a, a young aspiring journalist. And uh, he helped me with things like learning how to figure out a box score, you know, learning how to type up the agate. Do they even have agate in newspapers anymore? I'm sure they do. But you used to have this thing called agate share. We had to type up all this stuff and upload it to the server or whatever. Anyways, John dropped off this golf shirt for me. And, you know, like I, like I said, no rooting interest around here, but uh, sweet threads. And uh, thanks to thanks to Coach Heaney for, uh, for thinking of us and uh, also for dropping me some tidbits for uh, State AA Golf. It's Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN Montana app. Thanks for hanging out with us here uh, on your Tuesday I did uh, did some power cleans and some clean and jerks this morning for the first time in a long time, and man, it felt good. I don't know why I'm telling you that, other than that's why I keep uh, readjusting my shoulder posture because uh, the neck and and uh, traps are going to be a little sore tomorrow. But thanks to uh, Allie and her team down there at the uh, the hype house, they are uh, they're getting me right. It's it's, uh, it's been a long time away from the, uh, the fitness pursuits, but uh, back on it, back at it, trying to prioritize my health as I move into my my middle age here. <laughs> so thanks for always letting me ramble and rant and uh, share my life with you. Uh, let's talk some more Big Sky football. The uh, league got opened up this last weekend, and as Andrew Houghton said, I thought last weekend's slate of games were, were very useful across the board just in ter- determining things about the teams in the league because we hadn't really learned that much 
about many of the teams in the Big Sky Conference. So, uh, Andrew, just an open-ended question for you. And Andrew is our producer here at ESPN Montana, also a contribu- contributing writer at uh, SkylineSportsMT.com and uh, doing a great job on all things, but particularly his Around the Big Sky weekly installment, just uh, highlighting some of the uh, details of, of teams across the Big Sky. What was your biggest takeaway, though, of the opening weekend of conference play? What what stood out to you, whether it was a win or a performance or a loss or, or anything in between? Well, we talked about this being the biggest game going into the weekend. You know, I, I learned a lot of things that reinforced what I already knew in terms of Weber State's defense is really good. Montana's defense is really good. I thought that, you know, what we learned about Eastern Washington's offense going toe-to-toe with Montana State sort of backed up what I was already starting to think about them. But again, the Idaho-Northern Arizona game where the Vandals not only came away with the win in Flagstaff, but I didn't think it was that close either. 27-10 for the Vandals over Northern Arizona. Later on this week, Jason Eck, the head coach of the Idaho Vandals, will join us on the Big Sky Breakdown. Good to catch up with uh, with Coach Eck. The, um, that was a big win by Idaho for sure. Kevin Daniels being out for Northern Arizona uh, really hurts him. He is definitely one of the best and certainly most powerful running backs in the league. And uh, I'm not even sh- quite sure who their backup is, but I think it's a pretty strong drop-off from a guy that, that's just so talented. Yeah, I don't think Kevin Daniels has been right all season because he hasn't really been good all season. Their backup's Drayson Hall, who's okay, but they really struggled to move the ball against Idaho. And, and that's affirming to what I had thought, which is that Idaho, uh, the talent issue was not that much of the issue, right? I thought Idaho... The, the time, I mean, I've said we've seen Idaho quite a bit because they cross over with the Montana schools a lot and they've been to Montana. I actually have more vivid memories of Idaho over the last four years than, than most visiting teams because they've been to Bobcat Stadium twice, they've been to Washington Grizzly Stadium, and I also watched them that first year in 2018 when they were back in the league when the Grizz went there too. And I thought they had great talent on the defensive side of the ball, and uh, also not even talent, but a great mentality too. I mean, they really like to hit. And uh, in this day and age, having that true, fearsome, you know, hitter's mentality, like the Grizz have this year, is 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 sometimes elusive. And so I, I think that Idaho's had good talent. And uh, so to see them put it together, I mean, I know that a lot of people around here uh, despise the Vandals, but it's a sports hate type of thing, right? Idaho being good is good for the league. If Idaho is good, that is good for for the league because it makes Idaho Eastern matter, Idaho Montana matter, Idaho Montana State matter. They have real fans, real tradition. Uh, you know, they're a viable, real Division One program. So I think the Idaho being good uh, is a good thing for uh, the conference. Question about Montana State. Brent Vegan is an offensive guy. He, he was a, an offensive player in college at North Dakota State as a tight end, then an offensive coach, coached all the positions on the offensive side of the ball at NDSU before becoming the offensive coordinator. He's also uh, highly heralded for his recruitment and uh, development of guys like Brock Jensen and um, Carson Wentz at North Dakota State. Also had a hand in recruiting Easton Stick, but didn't necessarily bring him to fruition, but also an NFL guy. And then... Uh, his most prestigious protege is Josh Allen, who was with Brett Vegan at Wyoming and is now uh, a star for the Buffalo Bills. 
That said, Montana State played a very defensive and physical brand of football a year ago. And I thought part of that was just the carryover for how the program had been built under the previous five years by Jeff Choate. I mean, Jeff Choate wanted to run and then run some more and then run some more and then take you out in the alley and whoop your ass and then run some more again. And uh, it worked. It worked for Montana State. They made the playoffs uh, two years in a row under Choate, and then that team that was largely a Choate-recruited team obviously went all the way to the national championship game a year ago. But I do think that we're going to see a a diametric shift and maybe a rapid one as well at Montana State. Because when you look at what they got defensively, they got good athletes who can run, but they don't have the war daddies that they had up front the last couple years. Their defensive line is very athletic and quick. They have a couple big dudes in the middle like Sebastian Valdez, but it's not, you know, the the, the Tucker Yates and Derek Marks and, and the guys that have, you know, Chase Benson, guys that have anchored that interior defensive line. They also don't have the – Mikel Ryan is a good player. Danny Yulia Capa is a good player. But uh, Troy Anderson, they are not. So I, I think that the defensive style is going to have to alter a little bit, even if they still run a similar scheme. But I also think the fact that Isaiah Fonse is on the shelf until further notice, their All-American running back. Kagan Williams, the transfer from San Diego State, is out for the year. Lane Sumner remains on the shelf. He has a, uh, an opportunity to come back sooner than later, but it doesn't look like it's going to be this week. But then the prized quarterback, Tommy Mallott, one of the best dual-threat guys in the league, gets knocked out last week, and he's going to not be in this week. All that said, though, I think scoring 38 points and trying to run it up on people is, the, is Montana State's best chance. Do you think there's an opportunity we see Montana State shift its way of operating to try to mitigate some of these injuries, but also maybe to try to emphasize some of their head coach's strengths and some of their new quarterback and Sean Chambers, some of the stuff he's been familiar with, some of the style he's played in the past as well. I think it's possible, Coulter. I I think the other thing, though, I mean, Brent Vegan's an offensive guy, and he's known for his work with quarterbacks, but those offenses that he was running were always based on the run first. I mean, particularly right. at Wyoming. Well, and that's that's still going to be the case. I just think Montana State has a chance to go up-tempo because, I mean, they rushed the ball for 327 yards last week. Yep. I just did an interview with Taylor House, right? We'll play that for you a little later on this week as well, Montana State's offensive coordinator. But he said, our offensive line's really good, but also what we need to do is do what our offensive line does well. What Montana State's offensive line does well is play fast because they're not that big. They... What I've been screaming about for years is that prototype size at the FCS level shouldn't be the highest priority. Because if you fall to the FCS level when you're 6'5", 300 pounds, there's a reason. And it's probably because you're either soft, not athletic, or both. And maybe you could become either or both of those things. But I think having a high priority on maybe undersized guys with chips on their shoulders is the way to do it. And you look at Montana State's interior offensive line, Cole Sane's a good-sized guy, but Justice Perkins is my size. I mean, he's like six foot tall, uh, six foot one, 260 pounds. JT Reed, who I think is one of the best interior guys in the league, at least a month into his Bobcat career, he's 6'2", 285. So he, they're not the towering guys that we're used to, but they're, they're really athletic. So I, I, I agree. They're going to have to run the ball. They, they have nothing but running quarterbacks within their program. I just think they'll maybe adjust in the style you play just in terms of trying to play fast, trying to get up and down the field, and maybe taking some more risks defensively and and maybe being okay with giving up 28 points a game. Maybe that's the new horizon, at least for the next month for Montana State. Yeah, I think whichever way they go with it, Brent Vegan's kind of at a crossroads right here, and I'm kind of excited to see what he does next and what his solution 
is going to be here because this is not the same Montana State that we saw Montana State team that we saw last year. Just in terms of the uh, the talent that's gone both on the offense and the defense, it's not even the same Montana State team that we saw two weeks ago because all their running backs have gotten hurt since then. It's an interesting little quandary to see which way he is going to go with the offense, and I think. You know, you bring up a lot of great points as to why he might want to change some things up. There's a lot of value in continuing to do what you've done, though, right? Just in, not in terms of, of scheme or anything, just in terms of believing in your players, right? And and the continuity that you've already built up. I know I'm a broken record, but if you got an offensive line, you got a chance. I'm telling you. And Montana State's offensive line, I think, has been one of the biggest surprises in the Big Sky Conference. I was one of the guys sitting here saying, how are you going to replace Lewis Kidd, who plays for the New Orleans Saints? Taylor Tuyasasopo, who's a two-time All-Big Sky guy. Uh, Connor Wood, who transferred to Missouri before last year. TJ Session, who transferred to Cal before this year. Zach Redd, an All-League guy who decided to not play his fifth-year eligibility. That, I mean, that's five All-Conference linemen out the door. How do you replace that? Well, they did it with a bunch of walk-ons and converted defensive linemen, and they're rolling right now. I think Brian Armstrong deserves some credit uh, for how good they've been. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, ESPN Montana app. Okay, we're actually going to finally get to what I wanted to talk about here in hour number two, and that is the Grizzlies matchup against Idaho State, and specifically the Bengals that are awaiting the Grizz in Pocatello, Idaho. We'll do that next to take you home here on your Tuesday. Keep it right here. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center, now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street, across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. One, two, three. is now on ESPN Radio. The most complex rhyme of all time. I've listened to that song so much, and I don't think I could rap it start to finish. I could get you little blurbs, but man. Top five, dead or alive? Nah, it's got to be one of them. What's up, everybody? A little hip-hop review for you here on your Tuesday. The one is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN Montana app. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, we don't have much time to do this. Uh, so rather than um, spend too much time, just a, just a basic question for you, Andrew. Montana plays at Idaho State. On Saturday, the Grizzlies are the number two team in the country. Uh, their average margin of victory right now is what, like a million points? I mean, they're they're averaging 45-plus, and they're giving up, uh, what, like less than 10 a game. I guess they've given up a total of 36 points so far this year uh, in four games. And Idaho State is 0-4 and uh, coming off of a three-score loss to Northern Colorado, who is expected to be voted in the, the preseason polls as one of the only teams to finish behind Idaho State. Uh, where are we at with this game? Well, I think, you know, just on the field, that's really all all you need to say. For Idaho State specifically, their season is over, and it, it's it's been a product of some bad luck. I think maybe if they had Tyler Vanderwall healthy, they certainly would have looked better in the last two weeks, and their schedule's been... Uh, 
They started really tough with two FBS teams. You can't take that much out of it. By the end of those two games, your starting quarterbacks hurt, and you go you, you lose your home opener to a Central Arkansas team that a lot of people thought you could have beaten, and then you lose at Northern Colorado to a team probably I think that a lot of people think you should have beaten. At this point, your season's over. Where do you go from here if you're Idaho State? I don't know. I think you just want to see some fight. I mean, you've got really nothing to play for, especially after that Northern Colorado loss. I mean, even starting 0-3, if you come and get that win at Northern Colorado, you can start to move forward. But I think they've hit rock bottom here. Where do they go from here? What does the, the offense look like? I mean, what can they hang their hat on, even if that's just continuing the effort throughout the season? Um yeah, there, there's not really all that much else to say other than that. It's a it's a difficult game to analyze on the field because I think just Montana is better than Idaho State at everything. And it, <laughs> it's true. I mean, sometimes when you play a, a downtrodden, desperate team, they can just throw the kitchen sink at you. And make no mistake, Portland State tried to do that on Saturday. That's but right. I just don't know what Idaho State could possibly throw. I am Montana. We'll have more analysis of this matchup and of Big Sky Conference football in general. But now it's time for a new. Uh, by the way, if you missed anything of today's show, you can find it Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by the M Store, the Advocates, and the MSU Bookstore. All things high school sports in the first hour. Uh, all things Big Sky Conference football here in the second hour. Uh, thanks to our great sponsors. Go rate, review, subscribe. Five stars preferred. Time for uh, oh look at you you're riding you're ghost riding the whip. I have a couple questions for you before we get into <laughs> this music thing. I, I can't wait. Tommy Evans in the studio. Uh, he is the uh, the mastermind of breaking traffic alerts as yes. well as uh, the guy who turns the radio machine on for us every day here at Missoula Broadcasting and uh, also the evening host over there on the trail, including the host of the new show, which uh, airs from six to seven each evening. So when you get uh, each each Tuesday evening that is. Yeah. So when you get done with this show on Tuesdays. Click it one notch up. Go listen to Trail 103.3, Montana's Quality Rock. Uh, what else, what's you got cooking? What are you, what are you burning on? I've got a couple questions here for you before we get into the music thing. Number okay. one, what's going on with these chairs? Y- you know, I don't know. The amount of money that you make and the amount of peanuts that I live on, I think you could buy us a couple of new chairs for this place. These things are falling down. They're, they're, I mean, it smells funny. Yeah, you know. Uh, Let's get some chairs in here I'm for not, you, man. I'm not the, the person to ask, but if the person to ask is listening, we could use some new chairs, but I'm not I'm not going to be the one that asks. You go ahead and you can go into the corner office and you can ask. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, no, thanks. I choose life, Colton. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, hey, the Packers have won two in a row. So we're, we're, <laughs> right. we're playing with house money. Even though Ohio State just smashed Wisconsin, the Packers have won two in a row, so we're, we're playing with house money. Okay, so... Let me ask you something, man. There was all this hype about the metaverse there for a while and the oh, Oculus man. headsets and all. Uh, have you ever played the metaverse, no, Jeff? Andrew, no, have you done no, this? No, you joined no the metaverse? metaverse. None, no metaverse okay. for me. I've been losing weight because I found oh a game on there called uh, Beat Saber, and you've got <sighs> these virtual lightsabers. It's the craziest thing. And if you're watching or listening, <laughs> 888-1029, I want to know what your stats are. I think we should do a station-wide competition on this because I'll smoke anybody 
anybody watching or listening. But, they, but the, the, oh, what, my point is they have all these sound packs, and one of the sound packs <laughs> is Green Day. So I've been slashing around my new house with my virtual lightsabers, ripping on, <laughs> on, on, on aliens and monsters and stuff to the, I walk a lonely road, and you go, and the sound is incredible. And so my whole point is, what's on the new show? Well, it's Green Day and Metaverse inspired. And there's some wow. great songs in the Metaverse, Coulter. Wow. you got to get up to speed so on this. <laughs> First of all, I am so blind and uh, <laughs> my eyes are so bad in every possible way. I, really? I am almost legally blind. I have almost uncorrectable nearsightedness. Whoa. I also have a severe astigmatism. I'm colorblind. I'm night blind, and I also suffered an incredibly serious eye injury on President's Day of 2008 where I got my eye completely poked out of my head and ruptured my retina in three different places. Uh, That's all to say that, like, I've been to 3D movies before. The glasses don't work. Oh, that's terrible. So I feel that if I go to the metaverse, it just won't work, and I'll just spiral down into some purgatory that will keep me locked in the hell forever, and I, I I just can't. I just can't. Well, look, man, if you ever get your eyeballs fixed... Go to the metaverse. Okay. It's so much fun. Well, uh, I actually have done the, the Beat Saber thing, though. Yes, the, you know what I'm talking about. So I, I've done this before because I took my nephew to the arcade every once in a while. Oh, nice. Uh, n- not a big hit with his mom, but <laughs> big, big hit with his dad, you know. Yeah. We get to go play the, the basketball machine oh, and the yeah. clown machine, and we get to play the Beat Saber. Deer Hunter. Uh, that's really fun, actually. Yeah, it's so much fun, man. And so I've been like learning about some new songs through this because the music feed is the same uh, uh, song list that feeds the viral TikTok for you page on TikTok. So I'm learning about all this cool. I'm listening to you guys play all this hip hop, yeah. but I think I've got the cooler beats than you guys do right well, now. That's good. Because I'm on Beat Saber and TikTok. Uh, well, you are just a new age dynamo. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely love it. Uh, cut yeah. this one out. This one's going to be going into the award ceremony submission. You know, yeah. t- uh, Tommy Evans and his uh, his futuristic black mirror here on uh, on ESPN Radio. Yeah. Uh, for real though, what's going on on the news show tonight? Primarily, this band called The Midnight. Okay. They're super cool. They've they been are around super for about cool. ten. You, you've pointed them out a little bit to me. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've sent you some songs over the years. We've been playing a little uh, Sam Fender as return songs around here too. So nice. We've been yes. got, we're on the Sam Fender train. Yeah. I'm I'm glad you're on the Sam Fender train. Do you know why? Because you love Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. And, and Bruce is like his number one influence. Mm, cool. Uh, so the Midnight's really cool because they're just a bunch of dudes in their mom's basement making songs for the last 10 years that sound like they're from the 80s. And they finally got a major corporate radio deal, over $100 million given to them. And they're touring across the entire country playing this cool 80s throwback music based on the stuff they released on SoundCloud. So I think that's cool. So we're going to give them a lot of love. If you like retro 80s sounds, go up to 103.3 here in just a few minutes. Love it. The uh, the trail, definitely the uh, the coolest thing going here in the city of Missoula, let alone at the uh, the Missoula Broadcasting Company. So be sure. Uh, Next if, to the metaverse. If you ever change the dial from your ESPN radio obsession, just go <laughs> one notch up right over to 103.3 The Trail. You're also allowed to listen to 104.5 The U and Jack FM 105.9. Other than that, you're not allowed to listen to the other stations. There's I know nothing a, to listen to anyways. I know a famous weather guy on 105.9. Hey. In a, fact, there might be two of them. There's a couple of them. Hey. Uh, still summer weather out there. Uh, thanks so much for hanging out with us here on your Tuesday uh, tomorrow, another jam-packed show. I have an exciting announcement for you, and I'm not even going to save it or tease it. I'm just going to tell you right now. Whoa. We've been getting great feedback from you on pretty much all the stuff we do. When you guys like it, you tell us. That's great. But we have uh, 
Sam Herder has joined us to lead Wednesday's show each of the last two weeks. National FCS analyst for Hero Sports and BetMGM. That should be a regular thing now. Wednesdays, Sam will lead nice. the show at 4, so we'll do that tomorrow. We also have Jeff Safford coming in to talk some Grizz hockey and some Missoula Paddleheads. We'll see you then. This has been Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.